All right. Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And the show is for anyone that has a very strong passion for health and for making other people healthier in this world. And I'm really excited and enthused today to have Dr. Mark McClellan on the show. So Dr. Mark McClellan, McClellan is the director and of uh, Robert Margolis, uh Professor. He's a professor of business for medicine and policy at the Duke Margolis Center for Health Policy. He's done some other profound things throughout his career. His name should sound familiar to you if you are in the field of health. He is a uh, former administrator for the for CMS, or, so for Centers of Medicare and Medicaid Services, as well as a former commissioner for the FDA. He's done some other profound things at the White House, Stanford, many, many things of health. I'm very enthused to have him on the show, but I won't steal his thunder too much. Um, uh, Dr. McClellan, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, please call me Mark and Anthony. Uh, great to be here. I appreciate your passion. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. And yeah, thanks for making time and sort of carving out time to share your work. And, um, you know, obviously, uh, I'm, I'm very curious of what led you to the point where you're at now. You've hit so many different dimensions of health and uh, very curious on what led you to where you're at today, as well as, you know, highlighting some of the work that that Duke Margolis Center for Healthcare for health policy is is uh, is doing in your areas doing right now in health. Well, uh, thanks, Anthony. And my my background is a combination of medicine. I was trained as an internist and and also uh, economics. Actually, I had a PhD in in economics, and even that wasn't really a deliberate plan. You know, I I knew I wanted to do work in the medical field, and I knew I wanted to do research. Um, what I found during graduate school was thinking that you know I started out in more of a, a biomedical direction, but but pretty quickly found that I I really enjoyed working on issues that helped understand the non-medical factors that influence what happened in healthcare. So I ended up doing my early research on things like how payment and, and access to technologies affected the way medicine was practiced. And you know, when I was in my training, it was in the 1990s, and this was a time when um, uh, in internal medicine, for people who can remember back that far, so uh, 25 years ago, um, much of the um, wards in urban medical centers, like the one where I trained, involved uh, caring for people with AIDS because we didn't really have effective therapies at, at that time. So the main thing we could offer is supportive care in hospitals. And between those two experiences, you know, seeing that there were significant impacts on the way patients were treated based on how we paid in healthcare and what kinds of um, uh, um, uh, health policies were in place in, in other dimensions, combined with seeing what happened um, in AIDS in just a few years of my early medical practice, we went from those patients, um, you know, dying on, on, on the wards with just supportive care at like really young ages, just lost lives to mm -hmm. having treatments over the next few years. You know, the first ones were, were they helped. Uh, they had lots of side effects like AZT. They weren't easy to, uh, to, to manage, but they got better. Uh, they got better in just a few years. So, you know, by the time I was done with my training and in my early days, of academic medical practice, you know, like patients were, you know, were not coming into the hospital, they were getting better. And now, you know, just a pillar or so a day, or maybe even less, um, people with HIV can expect to live a long and full life. So it's putting those two things together that really got me going in a career direction that's been a mixture of academics and, and public policy, the, the recognition that public policy really does matter. And in healthcare, if you want to make a difference, I don't care if you're in business, 
I don't care if you're in public health, uh, local, national, whatever, you need to pay attention to the policy issues, analyze them, think about how you can advocate if that's, uh, if that's uh, what matters to you, but it, it needs to be part of the, uh, the career vision. Um, and then the, 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 the medical technologies, uh, um, I, I talked about the, the uh, AIDS drugs that have really transformed that disease, not just in the United States, but now around the world. Uh, the same thing goes for other new kinds of therapies, advanced diagnostics, genomics, uh, cellular therapies, um, uh, targeted medications, and uh, uh, now coming to healthcare. I know you work uh, in this area too, uh, uh, digital health and, and other consumer facing uh, technologies. So it's a great field to be in, a challenging one, but uh, putting those two together is really what I think my career has been about. <laughs> Well, I, I appreciate it, and it's it's uh, it's refreshing. You rarely hear someone that's uh, you know gone deep and wide in healthcare and in managing processes, influencing that that has a, a background in economics that that looks at these different dimensions of of access payments and and uh, has also seen you know the the phenomenon of what you were mentioning with with AIDS and, and going through that experience and and all the different dimensions that have to take that. From from where it was to to uh, to where it is now, and so really exciting and, and profound work you've done so far. Uh, I would love to hear a little bit on some of the things that you're working on today. Obviously, you're probably rolling in a lot of your learnings, uh, you know, from all the way from the technology side, administrative side, policy wise, uh, and, and also the lens you bring with you know from an economic standpoint. Uh, but tell me a little bit, yeah, about maybe some of the work if you can share some of the work and things that you're working on today that have you excited, whether it's uh, you know, just thematically or any any specific projects that you're able to share about. Well, I'm I'm really enjoying the work. As you mentioned, I'm now uh, have the privilege of being the the first director of the the Duke Margolis uh, Center for Health Policy, which was an effort to bring together a range of different perspectives to work on. Uh, as you were saying, Anthony, that this combination of issues. How do we um, get the most of of medical innovation, but combine it with like having an, an actual impact on on uh, population health through better evidence-driven healthcare policies, health and health healthcare policies, uh, also uh, addressing the, the the big equity challenges facing our, our, our country. And there, there, there are very many excellent programs around the country that, that work on health policy and that work on issues related to how do we make our healthcare systems function better. And, you know, I'm sure clearly is uh, room for improvement in how those systems function. Um, what we're trying to do at Duke Margolis is bring an interdisciplinary focus to addressing these problems. So we're a university-wide program at Duke. Our offices in Durham, North Carolina are actually located in the business school at Duke. And we have faculty that draw on business and medicine and public policy. Uh, also collaborate with you know, other schools, engineering, um, uh, ethical specialists, uh, because all of those perspectives matter for making, uh, a, 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 for having an effective approach to the, the, the complex uh, uh, policy problems that we face in healthcare. And in addition to that multidisciplinary kind of combined focus that we just wanted to build into the DNA and the structure of the center, uh, we also have a big emphasis on practical implementation. So a large part of our research staff and 
team members uh, are based in Washington, D.C., in our Duke and D.C. office, uh, where it's much easier for them, uh, even in these virtual times, uh, to, to work closely with federal agencies that are involved in these important health policies, like, you know, you mentioned CMS and FDA before, uh, working with um, uh, congressional activities related to, to health care reform. Again, we're not an advocacy organization. We really try to bring good evidence to bear on current uh, health policy issues, um, focusing uh, both on how we get uh, better treatments to the right patients and do it at a, at a sustainable cost, uh, as well as uh, finding ways to make our healthcare organizations uh, work better, um, mm -hmm. such as moving care more upstream and, and the kind of payment reforms, uh, like uh, if you're familiar with the term accountable care organizations or um, mm -hmm. more person-focused payments, you know, paying for health rather than paying for, for healthcare services that can underpin um, these innovative models of, of care delivery. So, you mm -hmm. know, we, we do a lot of work on those issues um, nationally, at the state level, uh, globally. So when the pandemic came along, um, we really uh, ended up shifting gears to focus in on how we could make a difference uh, in the uh, in the health policies, the health care policies that were needed to uh, address this um, unprecedented set of challenges. And if you think about it, you know, by definition uh, of a pandemic, you don't have any medical treatments that work at the beginning. That was certainly mm -hmm. the case, you know, a year and a half ago. You were talking here in, you know, May 2021, um, uh, when uh, the in infection started surging out of uh, out of China and around the world. Um, but we also didn't have a healthcare system that was very well prepared to, to deal with it. You know, we've responded since then, like heroic efforts by uh, frontline health professionals. But, you know, kind of looking back, um, uh, we saw in many of the organizations that we were working with before the pandemic that had already shifted the way they were paying, the way they were delivering care. Um, groups uh, that are were in accountable care organizations or that were being paid on more of a whole person basis, um, they were um, ranging from groups like uh, Kaiser Permanente to uh, Oak Street, Chen Med, other um, organizations that had reorganized the way they delivered uh, uh, primary care to focus on population health uh, and were paid differently to enable them to do that. You know, they had set up uh, care teams that could get care out in the community by working with community health workers, uh, nurse practitioners, um, uh, integrated um, uh, behavioral specialists. Uh, they were already doing telehealth. They were already collecting longitudinal data to help track their patients and identify the ones that were at highest risk of having a complication or getting into the hospital. And so last year when the pandemic hit, um, you know, number one, those organizations did much, much better financially because they weren't being paid on a fee-for-service basis. So when we had the shelter-in-place orders, um, it didn't have much of an impact on their finances. They were able to focus on what they needed to focus on at the time, which is how to respond to uh, and keep their population safe and well um, uh, in the pandemic, both to uh, prevent um, cases where possible and for those uh, um, uh, patients who um, had underlying chronic conditions or behavioral health or other needs, be able to really focus on that and not just uh, focus on, well, how many people am I going to have to lay off from my staff um, uh, this this month and, and can I get some emergency aid? Um, mm -hmm. and, 
and on top of that, uh, we worked with a number of organizations and, and policymakers to try to build on opportunities in this pandemic and mo moving beyond the pandemic to change the way that we pay, to get more organizations into, uh, into that kind of model where they could really focus on, on what matters for population health. And, and now looking at it from the mid-2021 perspective, you know, we've still got a ways to go. Um, most of our healthcare system is still paid on a fee-for-service basis. It's still struggling a bit and coming out of the uh, of the pandemic, uh, but there have been a lot of reforms implemented in, in private health insurance plans and in employer plans uh, at the state level in Medicaid programs and now at the, the federal level uh, to change the way that we pay and to make some hopefully major progress in, in uh, uh, redesigning care. Along with that, we've also seen a huge amount of progress in biomedical innovation. I mean, look at the impact that vaccines have had in this country, and that happened at an unprecedented pace. And uh, along the way, uh, we've done a lot of work at the center on how to uh, implement uh, these kinds of new models for developing evidence on potentially valuable treatments like the new vaccines, uh, uh, ways of um, uh, really reducing the time to get those treatments available at scale without compromising safety and effectiveness or, or manufacturing quality. And for people who are interested in these topics, really would um, encourage them to just uh, Google Duke Margolis uh, Center for Health Policy. Um, I'll take you to our website where we cover some of this. Or if you're particularly interested in the COVID issues, you know, Duke Margolis uh, COVID response, Duke Margolis um, uh, vaccines and vaccination, uh, Duke Margolis global health equity um, and you'll, you'll get to hear a lot you'll get to see a lot more about the kind of work we're doing phenomenal phenomenal well mark uh you know well said i was uh you know definitely just listening to uh some of the the highlights of what you were mentioning of just you know you're playing in this you know duke margolis and yourself are, are leading in, in this interdisciplinary and it seems like a very revolutionary model that's that's uh combining the the best of both worlds from a process standpoint influence standpoint um, you know, in a, in a timely way in this, uh, you know, pandemic economy we're in or dispersion economy is another term I'm hearing a lot about of what uh -huh. we're in and, you know, how the convergence of, of COVID and what's to come. And so it's just, uh, it's just exciting to see your leadership in this space. And I want to be sensitive to time because usually, obviously, like you and I talked about, we keep these episodes bite-sized where it can last the length of a short drive. <laughs> but uh, um, I only have one you know, very last question for you, which is, you know, with your work at Duke Margolis, with, uh, you know, your personal work, your previous works, if, if some of our listeners would like to reach out and say hi or, or learn a little bit more, uh, what would be a good way to to learn more or connect directly with you just to send a, a message uh, and say hello? Well, so um, a great question. And, and, you know, as I mentioned, I think one way to, to do that is to um, uh, just Google our Google us and that'll okay. give you a lot of information about um, uh, what um, uh, Duke Margolis is doing and, and some of our affiliated faculty. If there are any, I, I hope you have some younger listeners too. People are thinking about um, uh, next steps uh, from an education standpoint. Um, we have a, a number of um, uh, cross-cutting education 
educational programs. We work with the MBA program at Duke, the MD program, the nursing program, the public policy program, you know, engineering, you name it. Our, our, our goal is to help people who would come to healthcare and health reform from a particular discipline, uh, get a broad uh, interdisciplinary perspective and get some direct uh, hands-on experience with, with how policymaking uh, really works and implementing policy. Um, so uh, um, that our, our website is uh, healthpolicy.duke.edu. Uh, we have a monthly newsletter that you can subscribe to there. Um, you can also just write directly to Duke Margolis, all one word, Duke Margolis at duke.edu. And um, follow us on uh, uh, you know, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, uh, Duke Margolis, either Duke Margolis or at Duke Margolis, uh, uh, that sort of thing. Awesome. Well, Mark, that's that's fantastic. I appreciate that, and and definitely hope to, you know, for our listeners, definitely to reach out and really just support the work you're doing. I'm a big fan of of what you've done and what you're doing and the impact you're making. And um, it's uh, it's obviously just great to hear about uh, the, the the different disciplines you're bringing to this space, and uh, just excited to see more. And love to have you back on the show, uh, maybe later on this year or next year, just to talk about some of the projects and how they're coming to fruition and how the your interdisciplinary approach is making an impact in health across across the U.S. But uh, uh, Mark, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, again, uh, to our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show. The show is for anyone that has a super strong passion for making people healthier in this world. It's fantastic. Thanks, Anthony. Thank you great so much great for to be with you. And, and thanks to your listeners for that passion. Absolutely. Absolutely, Mark. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you.